Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. This is MRN Crew Call. When you were a child, do you remember the first day of school? Well, that's what the NASCAR garage is like this week at Daytona. It's the first day of school, seeing where all your buddies are, who's wearing what uniform, and what is going on in the NASCAR world. I'm Steve Post. This is MRN's Crew Call, and we are glad you joined us. Now, when we go to school in NASCAR, we start with the Daytona 500 the biggest race of the year. So imagine you're a crew chief and your first gig as a crew chief, you get hired by Joe Gibbs Racing. And your first gig as a crew chief, you've got Denny Hamlin and your first race as a full-time crew chief, you go win the Daytona 500. Fast forward another year, you come back and you win again at the Daytona 500, making yourself two for two in the great American race. That's the story of Chris Gabart. We're going to talk to him. He is two for two, and we'll see what he is doing to look for three for three this weekend. The 2021 season takes the green for the Great American Race, the Daytona 500, on Sunday afternoon, February 14th. Reigning Cup Series champion Chase Elliott and the rest of the stars of NASCAR look to etch their names in NASCAR history. Checkered flag is waving at the start-finish line. Who will get here first? Hear bumper-to-bumper coverage of the Daytona 500 Sunday afternoon at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on the Motor Racing Network. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad. Rubber-coated hardware for a better fit and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. MRN's crew call rolling along. It is the Daytona 500. And in the opening, I mentioned that uh, our guest is a two-time, he's two for two with the Daytona 500, the pride and joy of Lafayette, Indiana through Louisville, Kentucky. Chris Gabehart from Joe Gibbs Racing joins us. Hello, Chris. Welcome into crew call. Hey, thanks for having me, Steve. It's good to be here. Great to chat with you. What's it like being two for two for the Daytona 500? uh it's when to hear you say it it is uh pretty surreal for sure um uh, but i look forward to trying to make it three for three i can tell you that 
I see. I see. I can imagine. I, I just it, it just boggles my mind when I think about in the way that the stars lined up with you and Denny there in uh, 2019 and then again in 2020. So so you mentioned looking to go three for three. Let's just go kind of big picture, broad picture. Are there differences? Are there changes in the cars? What types of uh, new challenges will you have as you as you look to this weekend's race? Well, certainly speaking only of the Daytona 500, there are way less changes from 2020 to 2021 than there was from 19 to 20. So I certainly feel, you know, more confident about where we are and how our cars are going to drive and perform um, a, a year removed this year heading into 2021. And on top of that, Denny and I having two years together uh, to work together and kind of understand each other and what we're thinking and how aggressive to be and when, you know, we've, we've got a lot of that under our belt now. So, you know, I, I definitely have a lot more understanding of what to expect, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to be able to execute down there. There's a lot of variables to, to try to overcome. When you have a race car driver like Denny, who is so good at this style of racing. Okay. And I know NASCAR has you in a real tight box, but uh, and, and you don't even have to tell me the details, but are there subtle things that maybe you can do with Denny's car and, 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 and as opposed to what someone else might be able to do with a guy that's not quite as savvy on this type of track? Yeah, I mean, he just has a very solid understanding of what he needs. And because of that, we've been able to hone in and refine on it over the years uh, to, to really get all the nitty gritty details out of it. We're not searching for you know, what type of driving style he needs to be successful, we, we know. So in that, you know, it allows you to be aggressive and continue hone in on details and improve them. And in today's NASCAR racing, you mentioned how tight the box is, but, you know, these, these cars still, they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of parts and pieces on them and every little detail matters. So you just got to stack pennies to make a dollar. And that's what we work real hard to do. For sure. Now, when we look back at recent super speedway races, Talladega, and, and you guys were in a different scenario. It was playoff racing and you were leading the points. Yep. This is fair game. Do, do you go into this week with a strategy? Is it contingent upon the car? What, how do you, how do you approach a race like the Daytona 500 at this point? Yeah. Talladega was brutal because uh, we had a great car and, and ended up winning the race, but I don't think a lot of people realize we, we had a car that could have, could have ran up front all, all day, I think. But the way the numbers shook out, it just never made sense for us to take that risk. We were just in a unique position where we weren't totally locked in, but it never made sense to take risk to the end. Well, the Daytona 500, you're starting at ground zero. There, Everybody has, you know, no points. Uh, you know, leave the 150s with a little bit of points, but everybody has no points. And, uh, you, know, you know, you're starting from scratch. So it's all about winning the race. Um, get as many points as you can, get up front, win the race, and, and not worry about the rest of it. And, and to do that, you're going to have to be around at the end. That's one of Denny's uh, real calling cards at these places is knowing how to get to the end of the race and give yourself a shot. But, you know, all the other stuff's out the window. It's about winning the Daytona 500. For sure, no doubt. You mentioned Denny's understanding of plate racing, or I, I still get plate racing, yeah. <laughs> super speedway racing, yeah. and, and Denny's understanding. Even in the short two years, um, how has Denny evolved in as as he continues to fine tune his ability and his skill as a great race car driver? Yeah, that's a good question. So you know, it's it's crazy to say, but I think we have three win of the eight starts. We have three wins and like six top fives in our in our super speedway races together. 
so you know those are those are wildly overachieving numbers for for anyone statistically but you know i mean it's been eight races running uh, of doing it well and and i think that really goes to um his understanding of what he needs in the car and chris lambert's understanding of what he needs in the car as a spotter um you know spotters are important every week but but certainly at plate races or at super speedways they're they're a whole another level worth of importance and denny and chris have been working together for a lot of years now and uh they've just really refined their craft and and the two of them understand what each other's thinking and that's a really big deal for sure yeah well we'll see what goes see what happens three for three is what you're looking for personally and denny looking for another win in the great american race chris i want to step back with crew call just a little bit and kind of kind of get chat with you a little bit about your background and and in and in reading up your past uh you're from lafayette indiana your grandfather owned and ran some nascar races your dad was a racer at louisville kentucky as a little guy uh was there anything else or were you that that little kid that wanted to be like dad and go racing all the time yeah so you know i actually grew up from louisville um and, and went to school in Lafayette at Purdue. So that, that gets mixed up a little bit of time. So I did spend a lot of years up there, yeah. but uh, no, I was in racing at a very young age. You mentioned it on one side of my family, I'm third generation. And on the second side, I'm, I'm other side, I'm second generation. So, you know, I've been in racing from a very young age, uh, you know, always had race cars around me, my dad racing go-karts and then cars. And then when I got at the Louisville Motor Speedway, which you've probably been to a time or two when the truck series was there, um, and then when I got old enough to start racing go-karts around 10 years old, the, the, the focus shifted to me racing. So I've been around it my whole life and, and, and it's kind of, it's, you know, I played stick and ball sports a little bit, but it's always been my passion and my focus. And, uh, it definitely got a lot of years under my belt now. The statistics will bear out that you were pretty good. 2007, you won the CRA championship. You actually had a great run in the snowball derby that year up from yep. the back of the pack to 12 um chris gabehart the race car driver assess how good your skills were how 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 you did as a racer well i I, you know i was always uh at a very early age i realized the more i knew about the car i was driving and could make it go faster the better i would look as a driver right so so fast cars are, are important to success so you know that led to me going to purdue to get a mechanical engineering degree and and um you know further furthering my understanding so you know, when I, my, the heyday of my driving career, right around that 2007 to 2009 era, when I look back on it, you know, as good as it was, I say, man, if only I knew then what I know now. <laughs> so it, it was great. Uh, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I still have the itch to drive. I still hope to do a little bit, uh, you know, someday. Um, but certainly, you know, the, for me, my driving success was was 100% linked to my ability to make the cars go fast. I, I feel like I was decent as a driver, but certainly better working on them. So what happened in the late 2000, 2007, you're the champion. And you talk about that era from 2007 to 2009. What was going on that 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 ultimately had you hang up the helmet and, 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 and start to look into the NASCAR direction? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, so really, I had I had teamed up with Jim Winters um, out of Indianapolis, Indiana, and drove his late models for years and and uh, for for several years leading up to that championship. And and you know, I had been out of school for a few years, and you know, we were we were kind of reaching the limit of our funding capabilities. And you know, at, at the age that I was at the time, I was you know in my mid to later twenties, which is 
getting old, certainly in that era of, yeah. of NASCAR, that was considered getting old. So, you know, I just made the decision or we did together that, uh, you know, this was about as far as it was going to be able to take us financially. And, you know, at that point I had to come to the realization that, Hey, I love doing this and I love driving these things. But if I forecast out 10, 15, 20 years from now, it's going to be harder and harder to do. And it's harder and harder to make money doing it. You're, you're really spending money doing it. So, it, you know, I started to make the decision that, that I needed to figure out a way to make a living in racing and, and hopefully one day be able to circle back to driving. And, and that's what kind of eased me towards the path of, of crew chiefing them and doing more consulting work as a, as a crew chief in the late model series and, and, and driving part-time. I still owned a car or two after that. Um, but, but it started sort of weaned it out. And by the time uh, 2010 came around, I was full-time crew chief at KBM uh, for, for Kyle's late model program and, and kind of hung up the hel helmet from there. And, and, and my understanding is, is you, you somehow you met Tom Kyle's dad and that's yeah. how kind of led you into KBM and yeah. then ultimately over to Joe Gibbs racing. Yeah. So in that 2007 to 2009 era, Kyle's late model program was, was really starting to stretch its legs and get to some of these bigger races, Winchester's and Nashville's and, and Tom had a big part in, in getting that program to where it was. So Tom and I crossed paths a lot uh, in those bigger races over those couple of years. And I think, you know, you'd have to ask Tom, but I think he realized that we were kind of doing a lot with a little, we didn't have a ton of money. Uh, but, but he's observant. Tom's a car guy, you know, he, he's made a living, uh, out of making cars go fast himself. So he would look into our little team and realize kind of how it worked. And then I had a lot to, to do with, you know, the, the nuts and bolts, bolts and the maintenance side of it. And I think he took an interest in that. So, you know, from there, you know, he realized what my background was and knew that, you know, the engineering background was, was the future of NASCAR and you add all that together and, he took an interest and, and kind of got me introduced to Kyle and, and the rest is history. Yeah. You've indicated that you wanted to get back behind the wheel at some point down the road and drive maybe a little bit more. Your driver, Denny Hamlin, uh, last week, I believe it was, or two weeks ago, uh, <laughs> indicated he was interested in the snowball derby and super late model racing. Um, have you talked to him about that? Any interest in, 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 in steering him along the way in that direction? Yeah, we, we certainly have talked about it. Like any, any racer does, you know, when you're watching the snowball derby or even the chili bowl on, on TV, that time of year, you're just kind of jonesing to get back after it. Like he said, and it, it's certainly my wheelhouse and my passion is those kind of cars. And it's similar to his, he's more of a late model stock guy, but clearly the snowball derby is a, is a crown jewel short track event. and I think as you see more and more drivers going back, going back and giving to the to the short track ranks, Kyle Bushes and certainly Chase Elliott for for years and and a lot recently, um, it just continues to promote that itch, you know. And and all these guys love racing. That's where they came from, right? So he, he's no different. And we've certainly talked about it. And, and I think um, you know, there's there's probably a lot more details to be worked out. But I, I love that he's showing interest in doing it. Uh, I really think it's big for the future of our sport. I think we need to con continue to grow that link back together between short track racing and, and professional racing, I guess you'd say it. I agree totally. I actually am a dirt track guy more so, but I checked yep. the Snowball Derby off the bucket list last year, the first time I went there, and I'm t it will be an annual trip for me because it is such a, such a passion-filled, fun event. And then to have guys you know, like Chase and Kyle racing there and, 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 and other guys, it is, it is really neat. Now, as we bring this back to your job as crew chief here, um, one of the greatest compliments in the garage is that guy's a racer. 
and and Chris, you're a racer. That's a, there's a it's it's a weird. There's no real definition to a racer other than you are one. Uh, there is a definition to an engineer. Do the racer and engineer in you work hand in hand? Do times the racer and then engineer collide because of the 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 mindset of the racer? How how does that work in you as you as you go through the, the crew chief gig there at Joe Gibbs Racing? That's a great question. So yeah, at a very young age, I told you I realized how fast the the faster the go kart or the car was, the better I looked as a driver. And it's true, you know. So that that groundwork was laid for me uh, and and really instilled in me at a very young age, and it's proven true throughout uh, my time in racing. So um, I always have a very keen understanding of of you know the importance and details from an engineering perspective and and the mechanics of a race car. It's it's obviously heavily engineering driven. And understanding that every detail matters, while at the same time realizing that that the driver has to interact with that machine with a certain level of comfort and familiarity in order to get the most out of it. So, you know, those are two things that I really spend a lot of time focusing on is, is you know, how do we make this race car as fast as we can make it while catering it to Denny's needs so he has the confidence that he needs to drive it to the level he needs to drive it. And uh, that, that I, I wouldn't have that. Me personally, I would not have that without my driving experience. Um, being able to understand, you know, what he's going through inside that car, um, whether it be the, the difficulties of achieving a, a comfort at corner entry, or I don't understand the strategy that's going on inside my little cocoon here. I can't see the bigger picture and everything in between. I've experienced it in some small way. And, and he knows that. So it's it's built a trust between us that he at least knows I've experienced some level of it. And uh, I, I don't take that for granted. For me, it's definitely the biggest part of my success. It is. It is a great combination. That is for sure. Final question for you, just as we look at Daytona and beyond, uh, your team lineup, uh, pretty much the same. Have you interchanged some people? Is 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 uh, How are things looking there on the FedEx 11 team? No, we've, we've had a couple changes, you know, Eric Phillips moved, moved back to KBM to be the crew chief for, uh, for John Hunter Nemechek. That's a, that's a great opportunity for him, him and the Nemecheks go way back. So I think that's a fantastic uh, fit for him and something I'm really excited about watching truck racing on, on Friday, but he was a big part of our program as the car chief. So we'll be moving Brandon Griffith back up to car chief, who was, who was, you know, the car chief in 2018 and been with the team the entire time. So and at the track, he he was the car chief, and we, we kind of kept Eric back to work on the cars. It's unconventional, but hey, that's pandemic life, right? Nothing is conventional in pandemic life. So our track staff is going to look exactly the same. Some of the people back at the shop from 2020 will look a little different. So we're working on, um, you know, refining that process and changing it. But, you know, Eric was the big change and, and you know, a few other changes uh, along the way. But you know, the, the key ingredients of the 11 team, uh, I firmly believe are still here. And that is the culture. Um, that is understanding that, that there is no I in team and that we're all going to pull the rope in the direction of the purple 11. And that's still alive and well. I know I said the last question was the last question, but <laughs> your answer led me in another direction. Sure. We get to practice at Daytona. Yeah. What is practicing going to be like? Cause we haven't done it since Phoenix in March. Yeah, it does. It it does knock the cobwebs off of some some you know brain cells back in there that we're not used to having to deal with with practice and qualifying for sure. Daytona is the perfect segue for that because that practice plan will look 
very basic. You know, I don't think it's going to look a lot different than what you guys are used to seeing at Speedway practice. But certainly, uh, it, it will be nice to get to climb on top of that truck again and watch cars go around the racetrack and practice and work through that process with your guys and your, and your team. And, you know, while that may be something that is missed on a lot of Sundays when the broadcast flips on, for us guys that, that have done this for a living, we, we miss that camaraderie. We miss that garage time with each other and you know, trying to work on this widget to make it better than the next guy's widget, right? I mean, you know, that's a large part of racing. That's how we we grew up doing it, you know. So, you know, I, I get it in this 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 time of of budgets and con- pandemic constraints, and you know, trying to cut costs here and pay attention to this and that. But man, from the racing side of things, it, it'll be nice to get back to the full competitive element, and I I really look forward to doing that, and I hope we don't lose it. I think it's a a very important part of what we do and and I feel like it would be would be a bit of an overstep if we just assumed that it could go out with the masses as a guy who loves the garage loves covering the practices and watching you guys work on your widgets I am ecstatic that we're practicing at Daytona I can't wait to get in there and spend a little time because we've been limited from our garage access as well as as you guys has as the as the as the pandemic has kind of taken over our lives Chris uh, we wish you the best as you go for three for three in the great American race of the Daytona 500 we appreciate your time joining us here on crew call no problem at all Steve let me know if you need anything be glad there to help. Go. Chris Gabart, two for two for the 500, looking for three for three this weekend. And all the coverage will be on Motor Racing Network. Stay with us. More crew call in just a moment. Looking for something a little different? Cut through all the noise with the MRN Out Loud podcast every week. How difficult is it to get a bunch of racers to agree to anything and to stick to it? Yeah, to be honest, I'm not really sure how they pulled that off. I'm Woody Kane. Join me every Thursday as we get between the ears of NASCAR's most interesting characters. You said, I don't plan to be just an absentee owner. No, no, this is going to be my job. MRN Out Loud drops every Thursday wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I love getting the chance to talk to guys like Chris Gabehart, and their background is always fascinating. And uh, we wish him and everyone else the best here this week and this season in NASCAR. When we look at this weekend's racing, we always talk about strategy on our pre-race show of the broadcast. Sunoco Racing Fuel is an element of it. With the Daytona 500, there's three stages of the race. Each stage is longer than the fuel window. So 
we will have pit stops within each of the stages of the race. The Xfinity series, the truck series, the final stage is longer than the fuel window. The fuel window is about 40 laps is, is what we look at down at Daytona. And the final stage of those truck series and Xfinity races are 60 laps. So we will have pit stops in those races. When we look at Goodyear tires, it's uh, a lot of tires for the, uh, for the Cup series. And one of the goals with Goodyear in putting these tires together is mechanical grip. I've talked to Greg Stucker with Goodyear about this multiple times. And remember with Daytona, these cars are inches apart. And so mechanical grip is so important and that stability and also that stability in using the same tires. So all three series this weekend at Daytona will use the same Goodyear Racing Eagles that they ran last year. Cup series, there's 14 for the entire time, seven for practice and qualifying and seven for the race. Xfinity and trucks, they have four sets for the event. And that's going to be interesting because there's some practice for the truck series and Xfinity series. So they're going to have to just keep tabs of their tires over the course of the, the, the practice and qualifying and the running of the race. One thing we always talk about with pit stops at Daytona, make sure you don't get run over coming out of turn number four. It is a challenge. Make sure you notify the drivers, wave out of the window as you're headed down the backstretch, your spotter, talk to the spotters behind you because if it's like every other time we go to Daytona, you gotta watch, there may be a big crash coming out of turn number four. So pitting strategy and actually getting onto pit road are always challenges when we look at all of the races this weekend at Daytona. And when we look at all of the races this weekend of Daytona, MRN has you covered across the board. I'm, I'm gonna list all of them here, but if you want, just go to MRN, there's a schedule tab on the top of the page and that'll not only get you the schedule of all of our broadcasts but also you can set a calendar reminder how about that so it automatically lets you know that we are on the air we kick it off wednesday 1205 eastern time with the nascar practice session 7:30. it is daytona 500 qualifying presented by kroger on thursday 6 p.m eastern time the blue green vacations duel at daytona on Friday, seven o'clock, the Truck Series, the Camping World Truck Series takes center stage. The Nixterra Energy 250, again, that is seven o'clock on Friday night. We have got a busy day on Saturday. You're going to want to make sure you keep it locked into MRN all day long. 9.30 in the morning, and again at 12.05, we have one-hour practice sessions for the Cup Series. At 1.30, it's the Lucas Oil 200, driven by General Tire for the Arkham Menard Series. And at 4.30, I love the name of this one, Beef. It's What for Dinner 300. That's the race for the Xfinity Series. And it all wraps up our coverage from Speed Weeks in Daytona on Sunday afternoon, 1.30 Eastern time, the 63rd running of the great American race, the Daytona 500. Again, go to MRN.com. You can follow along with our schedule and have all of those sent to you on a calendar reminder. And follow along with MRN with all of our coverage of Speed Weeks as well. I'm Steve Post. We appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule and joining us this week on Crew Call.